Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to Face Connecticut, an in-depth look at today's issues. Good morning and welcome to another edition of Face Connecticut on WTIC News Talk 1080, 96.5 TIC-FM and Light 100.5 WRCH. Aaron Kupek with you this Sunday morning, and we are pleased to be joined by Alyssa Dijon. She is Vice President of Research at the Connecticut Economic Resource Center. Good morning to you. Good morning, Aaron. Thanks for having me. A new survey from Inform Connecticut, the Research and Policy Institute of Connecticut, finds nutmeggers aren't feeling quite as optimistic as we had been previously. Tell us what you found in your survey. Sure. So every quarter, we survey residents across the state, and uh, we survey about 500 folks uh, every every quarter to see what people are thinking about in terms of the economy, uh, business prospects, and their own job prospects as well. And uh, what we found in this this latest uh, survey results is that people weren't uh, feeling so optimistic about the economy as they have been in the past. And so uh, the survey found that more residents say that they are worse off financially now than they were six months ago. And so that was about a third of the residents were saying that, which was a much higher percentage um, than we've seen in, in previous uh, quarters. And so that was just that kind of the first statistic. Uh, and then we also found we, we did see a bit of a ray of hope there. We saw that people do feel that uh, they're going to be more financially better off six months from now. So that was a good thing. About 37% of the folks uh, thought that. However, it was a lower percentage than what we've seen before. So uh, we're just seeing a, little, a lot more concern about kind of what's happening in the economy uh, now versus what it was six months ago and then what is what it is to be in the future. Now, this survey was taken during tax time. Does that have anything to do with it, do you think? You know, it really could. Uh, we What we do is we ask the same set of questions every quarter, but we then also ask a few kind of specialized questions depending on the time of year. And so since it was tax season, uh, we did ask folks about um, – you know, they're planning to file and what did they think was going to happen with these upcoming refunds? Because as we know, this this latest kind of national tax reform really shook things up and we weren't really sure what people were um, going to find once they did their taxes. And so we found that um, 32% of our respondents who uh, had or would file taxes were expecting a smaller refund than last year, uh, with 24% thinking that they'd get a larger refund. So it was still um, a little bit uncertain at that point uh, about uh, what was going to happen in terms of tax refunds. But of course, just having to do your taxes can make people kind of overall a little bit more pessimistic. Uh, it's also the end of the winter, and we find that folks uh, folks tend to respond a little bit more negatively uh, during the colder seasons as well. Now, you've been asking these questions for around four years now, right? Right. Have you seen any interesting trends over that period? You know, we have. There have been uh, some interesting trends, especially around the point about Connecticut being a good place to raise a family. And, you know, usually we, we usually see a majority of folks um, thinking that, you know, Connecticut really is a, a great place to, to raise a family. 
But we found that this time, the margin, uh, 47% agreeing versus 35% uh, percent disagreeing, was a, a much worse margin than, we, than we've seen in, in years past. So that was, that was a slightly disappointing finding. Uh, from this survey. As you noted, though, there are some rays of light, right? People are, are say they're going to be feeling better about their finances the next six months or so. Exactly. So that was a good thing. Um, it, that was definitely a, a good uh, ray of light. Uh, and we did see, um, we asked folks about charitable giving and if the kind of the, the differences in, in the tax reforms would um, affect uh, charitable giving. And we found that two-thirds of our respondents said that their charitable giving would not be affected at all as a result of the, the tax reform. And so that was a, a really good thing to see as well. What do you see in terms of demographic trends? We always hear stories about people moving out of Connecticut and more people are moving out than moving in. Do the numbers bear that out? Well, uh, how about yes and no? <laughs> so um, in terms of international migration, we are still seeing more people from other countries moving into Connecticut than than folks uh, moving out. But then in terms of domestic migration or people moving out of Connecticut to other states, we're still seeing that as a, a negative, an out-migration of, um, of people. And But what's surprising in the trends is that most people just think that everyone's fleeing Connecticut to Florida. And that's partly right, but it's not the it's not the only story that we're seeing. We actually are seeing more people moving to Massachusetts and New York than they are to Florida. Uh, and that's we we uh, we estimate that it's because people are finding jobs there. Um, there are there are more, are more job opportunities um, in our nearby states. and and it's very easy since Connecticut is such a small state to move around very easily in New England and, and the Northeast to find those job opportunities without having to go too far. The narrative seems to be often that people are, are moving to the South and in some cases to the West to lower tax states, but New York and Massachusetts are right up there with Connecticut when it comes to taxes, aren't that's they? That's right. And so, uh, and that's a really interesting finding uh, because exactly what you said, Aaron, I mean, people think that People are moving just to get away from these taxes, but it's it's not the case. Uh, people really are moving towards job opportunities. With that said, it seems that as Connecticut recovers from the Great Recession, we are again lagging behind the nation as a whole, as we have done in the past. Why is that? Well, you know, it's partially because of just our industry structure and uh, the way that uh, Connecticut businesses are run. We have a lot of very mature industries and very innovative industries, and they are very... Um, they want to hold on to their employees as long as they possibly can. And so that's why usually when there's a, a national recession, Connecticut enters the recession a lot later on than other states do uh, because companies are trying to hold on to their workers as long as they can. But then on the flip side, as the nation's coming out of the recession, then the companies who finally laid off those workers are very slow to rehire them uh, because they're they're concerned about taking on that risk and the, you know, that added risk um, and, and liability. So, and so we see that time and time again where Connecticut is, is lagging behind the nation in terms of the recovery. Is that based on the types of industries we have, such as defense and insurance and financial services? Yes. I mean, those are the real mature, um, you know, larger driving industries uh, here in the state. And it's it's the, just the nature of those industries that they, 
we do kind of lag behind the nation. Based on your survey results, residents don't seem to be overly optimistic about the state of the economy. But, but, but what do we know in broader terms about how Connecticut's economy is doing? I mean, we, we have relatively low unemployment. We do. Uh, and, and we have uh, kind of stable or slightly declining population change. Um, and we do have uh, we do have jobs, but we found in the survey we saw that fifty five percent of our respondents said that there are some jobs, but not enough in Connecticut. And so, uh, you know, that to me is is a real signal that uh, you know if we could get some more job creation here in the state, then our economy really could turn around. Have you asked respondents how they feel about the government in general, the state government? There's a lot of talk about how do we close this massive budget gap at the state capitol. And over time, that must weigh on how people feel about state government and the economy. For sure. You know, we noticed that uh, when we when we uh, ask these survey questions, when the legislative session is open, we tend to get more pessimistic results. And I think it's because, you know, we hear so much uh, in, in the news about different proposals and, and different uh, tax options. And there's a lot of uncertainty right now about what's going to come to fruition. Are we going to have tolls? Or are we not going to have tolls? Are we going to, you know, uh, what are we going to legalize in the state? We, you know, it's there's so many uncertain uncertainties. And and that kind of weighs on people and uh, it makes them more more uncertain and, and and more concerned about the future. Have you asked about tolls? We asked, uh, a, it was I think a, a quarterback, we were asking about different options. And we said, all right, you've got to pick one. Well, this is one of our questions. You've got to pick one. All right, the state needs to raise revenues. Would you rather legalize marijuana or have tolls? And uh, two to one, we had uh, legalized marijuana as the preferred favorite. Just of those two options. So we haven't really asked about the uh, specifically about the toll question because it's really hard, I think, to think about tolls in a vacuum. Um, you know, tolls or no tolls. What we need to think about is, okay, what do we want the state government to pay for, and then how are we going to pay for it? Uh, and you got to think about tolls in combination with other ways we're going to raise revenues or cut expenses, and is tolls one of those options? Um, and you know, how would tolls be rolled out? You know, with electronic tolling now, uh, there's a lot of ways to price people uh, and price out of state, uh, re- you know, out of, out of state residents rather than in-state residents. Um, and so there's just so many variables, I think, to the tolling question that's really hard to ask yes or no on that question. When you're questioning respondents to your surveys. Do you have a general sense of how engaged they are in government, how much they know about what's going on? That's a great question. We do ask um, from time to time, especially if we're asking about a particular policy, you know, have you heard about this policy or or what do you know about this? And so we find that the engagement level is, you know, relatively high. Um, I think because it's so uh, into it's it's so much in the news and in social media. Um, that a lot of people hear things, um, but it's hard to figure out how much people truly understand what is going on and, and if whether or not they're thinking about uh, different options in a more in a holistic way or in, at an individual way. Is there any difference between how people feel about state government versus the federal government? Have you gotten into to that in your questioning? We um, we have asked uh, in the past about what people care about when they are voting uh, in the national election versus versus the state elections. 
And uh, it was it was really interesting to see that, you know, people are thinking about more um, global issues, trade issues, obviously, when when um, thinking about um, who they would choose at the at the national scale. But then in terms of a state government, um, there's a there's a variety. People are thinking about trade issues, but then they're also thinking about very local issues, even when they're trying to vote at the state level. And I think that's uh, that makes things very complicated, uh, because especially in this state, we have um, a, so much state government happening, or state government happening, obviously, at the state level. But then we also have municipal governments, and each municipality is operates in a very different way. And so that makes Connecticut a, kind of a complicated place <laughs> to, in order to carry out and implement some some policies. You are listening to Face Connecticut. We are talking to Alyssa Dijon. She is vice president at the Connecticut Economic Resource Center, vice president of research there. In broader terms, how is this survey information used? Certainly, it's, it's great for the public discourse to, to get the information out there and know how state residents feel about public affairs, but do businesses use this information as well? Uh, you know, they do. And uh, we started this survey four years ago because there is the National Consumer Confidence Survey uh, that everyone hears about. And some states do their own consumer confidence surveys, but Connecticut wasn't doing it. And so we thought, well, you know, there are a lot of business surveys out there. Um, so let's, you know, let's kind of dig in a little bit deeper with the residents and see what they feel about these issues. And so then we use this information just not only to inform our research, but then also to let policymakers know um, kind of overall what uh, what state residents are thinking about so that they can incorporate that into their into their discussions and their thinking. How do you develop your questions? Uh, well, the we have a, a set core of questions that we ask every quarter, and we based those questions on the national survey. So the national survey asks about, you know, how are people feeling now versus in the past versus in the future. Um, we ask about whether or not uh, people feel comfortable about their own personal finances. Uh, are they planning to make any large purchases in the near future? Things like that. Those are all based on the national survey. And then we always come up with a, a question or two that are a little bit more timely. Uh, and so um, that's that's kind of how we round out round out the survey. So those questions are always changing. Now, when the National Consumer Confidence Survey comes out and then we get the state level information from your organization, mm -hmm. Can we compare those apples to apples or not so much? Not exactly, but you can definitely look at them in terms of trends overall um, and see kind of what's happening uh, at the national level versus the state level. Are things going kind of going up and down or down? Um, you know, how are people thinking about purchases and, and things like that? It seems in the news that we're often in Connecticut down on ourselves. That's for sure. Do people in other states feel that way as well about their states? That's a great question. Um, I have heard, yes, when I go to other or other conferences and speak with other researchers in other states, you definitely hear this. Um, so, especially in the New England states, I think it, I don't know. It's just part of our genetic makeup. I think that we we have to uh, we have to be down on ourselves. Um, and you hear about um, you know other policies being put into place, especially in the in the northern uh, New England states, to try to keep people in their states. They're having they're having a huge out migration, um, which is really affecting them. And and they're dealing with questions like, uh, do they close hospitals? Uh, do they? How would they close? 
or shut down a, a municipality. You know, I mean, just when there are fewer and fewer people uh, living in that state, how do you justify paving that road or plowing that road? And so those are the types of questions that people in you know, northern Maine, New Hampshire, Vermont are thinking about. And so we're not really to that level by any means. And so we have to kind of keep that in mind. I mean, we're, we're not to that level by, by any means. But there are some states that do a great job at promoting themselves, uh, especially in the South and um, over in the Southwest. Um, fantastic uh, marketing. And you see a, l- a lot of pride um, in in their residents, among the residents, uh, because they believe that message that's being put out there. So I, I think... Uh, actually putting out a more positive message would really turn a lot of things around, too. You look at demographic trends. Are those discussions about closing hospitals and consolidating municipalities coming to Connecticut? Well, in somewhat. Uh, you know, you do hear about shared services, uh, regionalizing services. And so that would be one way that Connecticut could become a bit more efficient. I mean, Connecticut benefits from being a, a smaller state where we have a lot of rural areas, but we still uh, are in close proximity with one another. And so we have that going for us, uh, which is a great thing. Uh, but I mean, yes, I mean, we should definitely be considering thinking about how towns can work together to uh, to share resources and and to just be more efficient so that we can use those finite resources resources we have to uh, to promote and to to fund and implement policies that we really feel passionately about. There's been a lot of talk about finding efficiencies, but on the other side of the coin, it seems that sometimes, we in New England don't like to give up our our local rule and that, you know, quintessential New England town meeting where things are decided. Yes. And so that's what's thwarting that whole uh, that whole concept. And so, you know, where is that balance between, you know, keeping that home rule going, but being willing to to share ideas and, and share some implementation plans with your neighbor? I mean, we're we definitely in our genetic makeup. I think are are meant to be neighborly, but we need to think about how to uh, how to balance all those ideas. Now, shifting from government to industry, what are you seeing in terms of industry trends? We've talked about you know Connecticut's big industries, financial services, insurance, and defense. Will those still be the big industries 10, 20 years from now in Connecticut? Oh, great question. Yes, but I think you're going to see a lot of changes, Uh, you know, especially in the financial services sector. You're seeing these uh, different types of companies, insure tech, fintech. You hear this in insurance technology and these uh, fintech is finance technology companies are are uh, popping up and they're being very innovative and they're they're figuring out ways to use technology to kind of revolutionize kind of your your uh, your uh, very dependable and your very those those finance and insurance companies that have been the driving forces of Connecticut for so long and um, I think there's going to be a real change especially with things like artificial intelligence and in ways that. Uh, insurance companies and financial services companies can can use these other technologies to help uh, customize different products that are being offered to their customers. So on one hand, it's it's fantastic for the customer who can get a more uh, a, a more personalized plan, uh, can log on to their computer and look on the internet and and find these plans without necessarily having to use an agent. But on the other hand, the types of workers that are going to be in those industries are definitely going to change over the next 10, 20 years. 
This past week in Hartford, officials announced the launch of an accelerator for medical technology startups. Right. And in the past, there have been launches for a similar outfit for the insurance industry and for advanced manufacturing. This is a thing. I mean, they're they're looking for the next big thing, but this is something that's really taking off around the world, isn't it? It really is. And you're seeing these accelerators, which is uh, a really neat idea because sometimes people have an idea and they want to try it out. They want to try to tinker with it and see if they can make it work. Um, but they don't have, you know, they don't want to uh, spend all their capital just buying a particular tool or a piece of equipment. But with these accelerators, uh, people can almost like subscribe. It's almost like a gym membership where you can now uh, have the ability to go into these facilities and use the tools and the technologies to to think about your idea and and bring it to fruition, maybe even bring a, pr- a prototype to fruition. And um, that's really great because people don't necessarily have to leave their day jobs. They can they can do this in the nights, on the weekends, and uh, and then hopefully make the, the next big thing that'll become a, a new company or a new industry. Backing up a bit, tell us a little about the Connecticut Economic Resource Center. Sure. So uh, CERC is a private nonprofit. We're located in Rocky Hill. And we provide uh, research and marketing and municipal services to towns, regions, state agencies, companies, whoever's looking for uh, information um, in Connecticut. To try, to, we're just trying to help to improve uh, Connecticut's environment. Uh, we've also been uh, now asked by the Lamont administration to assist and take the lead on business recruitment efforts. And uh, so we are uh, in the midst right now of really kind of gearing up our efforts uh, and, uh, and and making that happen. Because it's it's been happening for several years, but now it's just being brought to a whole new level. How competitive is it to recruit businesses? You always hear of you know, states offering incentives to companies to either come or stay. It's really tough out there, isn't it? It's really tough. And so that's why business recruitment is not just recruitment. Uh, It's business retention. It's business expansion because it's much easier to keep the folks you have um, in the state than trying to to reel a a big fish in, for sure. Uh, And so um, that's all part of the plan in terms of business visitations and making sure that we're communicating more effectively with businesses to make sure they have the workforce they need, the transportation they they need, the technologies they need, the supply chain they need uh, to be as competitive as possible. And hopefully they can do it in Connecticut. What sort of help do you provide to businesses and municipalities? I mean, if, if someone hears this and says, gee, they might be able to help me out with data or something. Mm-hmm. What can they do? Sure. So if you if you go to our website, uh, cerc.com, you can see the um, the services that are available. We do have a lot of services that are available for free. Um, so especially if there's a, a, a person or a small company looking to start or expand, uh, we have a lot of information uh, and we can help you with licensing and registration and, and things like that. Um, if it's a uh, a larger company wishing to expand or needs to find a new building or a new location, we also have services there um, that we where we can help with that information as well. Uh, and then we also have provide the research uh, research needs um, that someone might have to try to figure out what their marketing plan is or business plan, things like that. 
you're often the go-to between businesses and municipalities. You might know of, you know, space that would be good for manufacturing or something like that, right? Exactly, exactly. And then we're working with the municipalities as well to prepare them for a new company that may want to come come in. Make sure that they have the regulations uh, and the zoning and and all the 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 proper specifications so that a business can can move in easily. She is Alyssa Dijon. VP of Research for the Connecticut Economic Resource Center. Thanks so much for joining us this morning. Great. Thank you so much for having me. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to Face Connecticut. I'm Aaron Kupek. Enjoy the balance of your weekend. Face Connecticut is a production of the News and Public Affairs Department of WTIC Radio. is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 